0: When peace, like a river, attendeth my way.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans. We appreciate those who are joining us uh, for worship in person today, and also those joining us uh, streaming on Facebook as we do every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. streaming our service. Um, If anyone has any announcements, stand and let me know, otherwise I think we're good to go. see our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. After the false confession, just as God promises us to be our God and we to be God's people, so does God promise to forgive our iniquity and remember our sin no more. Therefore, let us properly confess our sins. Lord, we confess that we our God In the same struggle with the idea of change. The the law of doing things differently. For we
2: give us and Amen. Friends, here this assurance of part that comes to us from the Old Testament. See, I have set your sins as far away as the East is from the West, that it may be as scarlet I've washed from white as them. The good news in Christ's coming darkness that he has separated us from our sin. Our old life is gone and a new life for me. So know that you have been forgiven and be at peace. I pray also for me as sinner.
1: morning is from the Old Testament of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 31 through 34. The days are surely coming says the Lord when I will make a
2: Going are you doing today, ladies?
0: Yeah. Doing Having a
2: good Sunday so far? Yeah, okay. Well, I've got a question for you. Do either one of you want to be a farmer when you grow up? No, you don't want to be a farmer. Okay. Uh, well, do you ever want to plant maybe like vegetables? Do you like vegetables? You like vegetables? Okay. Would you ever want to plant vegetables to watch them grow? Have you ever done anything like that? Not yet? Okay. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Okay. How about flowers? Do you have any flowers that you have? Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? Like today, I'm going to give you some more stuff and more flowers. Okay. These are called flat I want you to go ahead and hold them. Okay. Now, flip them over on the back. Look at this back. See these back? What do these look like?
0: They kind of look like
2: onions, don't they? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Now, do you believe that the picture on the front of these flowers is going to come from these onion looking things right here? Do you think that's ever going to happen? No? You don't? Oh, you do and you don't. Okay, well, I think what we should do is have an experiment. Okay? So I think when you get home today, or maybe sometime later this week, or maybe when the ground warms up a little bit more, you plant these, okay? And then we'll see if they ever grow, okay? But when they grow, they grow really tall, okay? So you got to make sure you plant them in some place that can can grow tall and they can get lots of sunlight. But the weird thing about these little onion-looking things is when you plant them in the ground, a portion of it has to almost die before it can start growing. Anytime we kind of plant any seed in the ground, it has to die before it can
1: grow. So when we plant vegetable seeds or flower seeds, or even if we plant new grass on on the lawn, or if we plant, you ever
2: been past like a big... Um, cornfield or a big hay field, the hay's grown, all right. All of that stuff that ever gets planted, those seeds go into the earth and then they they die. And then out of that death comes new life. And Jesus tells a story about this in the Bible today. And he says, in order for the Son of God to give life, he must be buried and die in the ground. And all the disciples heard him say that and they said, there's no way that you have to, you can't die, Lord, that's not what you are here to do he says, the son of man must be like a wheat germ, which is a wheat seed, and it has to go into the ground,
1: and it has to die and after a while
2: it grows and it gives new life so the really sad thing, we're, we're getting close to Easter, and Easter is a great celebration but we also have to remember that the reason that it's a good celebration is that we're celebrating Jesus returning from being dead so he died on a cross for us, And then he went into the ground, and three days later, he was alive again. He's kind of like a seed. He went into the ground dead, and then he came out, and he gave all of us life. And so that's why I wanted to give you these. These are called bulbs. But I wanted to give these to you today so you can plant them. And then every year when they grow, when they grow you can be reminded that that's the
1: way that's a symbol of the way jesus loves us that he had to die in order for us to be um, his children okay i know that's hard to think about but i hope it can make sense as you grow over okay but right now let's pray and let's thank god for pretty flowers and for giving us a new one okay let's we'll pray
0: Dear god you rock and we love you,
1: and we're so glad you gave us flowers they're so beautiful and the help of bees, and the bees help us. We're all so glad that he
2: rose from the dead
1: and gave us new life.
0: Please help us live our lives
1: in your service.
0: We love you.
2: Testament text today is from John's Gospel, chapter 12, and we'll be reading verses, we're actually going to read verse 19, we're going to start there, I, I decided to start a verse earlier than the lectionary, just so it makes a little bit more sense about what's going on, so 19, verse 33, and so you don't have 19 in your bulletin, but you just listen to the first part, and then follow on after that, Hear God's holy word. The Pharisees said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival, worshipped priests. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, now, my soul was troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice from heaven came and said, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. And others said, An angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to indicate the kind of death that he was to die. May the Lord have and understanding to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Holy gracious God, we thank you, Lord, this day for your story. We thank you, God, for the way that you interact with us in the form of story. We thank the Lord, for all of your parables that teach us so much. God, we ask today that your spirit will be upon us. We can understand your word this day. We ask God this in the name of your son Jesus. Amen. Recently, my wife and I had a little bit of a conversation about how I was willing to uh, be on the verge of wanting to plant a garden, and she reminded me uh, that was not going to happen at all. Um, for years and years, we planted some tomatoes and we planted other little things, pepper plants, and um, had some fun doing that. But we're really not in the time of our life where we have extra time to go and plant a garden, so we're not going to do that. But several years ago, Milo was actually quite small. I think she was about two or three. Um, we saved seeds from the previous year, and we're going to use those to plant them again. And so we had these little seed starter kits that we put in our front window, and, and one day in a particular, Mama thought that was amazing, and she grabbed them all, and she threw them all over the place, and we lost every one of those those seed starters that we had. And so Jamie said, never again will we do this. We can buy seeds at the store, and, and then recently we've said, never again will we do this. We can buy vegetables at the store. So,
0: well, not that i
2: not going to do that this year, but I grew up. As you all know here in West Virginia, one of the things that my uncle used to always say to our family was, "At St. Patrick's Day, it's time to plant the potatoes." Okay, now, I just thought that was the rule that was handed down from St. Patrick himself that we had to plant potatoes on uh, March 17th. Uh, it's not actually that—that's not true. We all know that's not true, but there is something to it. Um, there's a study in science that is known as phenology. And so, all these different old wives' tales about when it's important to plant seeds, they actually come from a little bit of science. So, I want want to read you a few things that are kind of like plant potatoes on St. Patrick's Day and see if you've ever heard these things. Plant corn when oak leaves are the
1: size of squirrels' ears. Have you ever heard that saying? Nor had I.
2: Plant peas when the forsythia blooms. Have you ever heard that one? nor had I. Uh, Evidently you plant potatoes on St. Patrick's Day because the ground is around here at least the right temperature for everything to kind of germinate super well and so the study of phenology actually studies the relationship between biological events and so people have recorded planting events for centuries and they make note of when the fruit tree blooms or when the soil is a certain temperature that corn seed can germinate Instead of rotting in the ground, there's a specific science to go around with that. But we really didn't understand that science until most recently, and so we had old live cells that really weren't old live cells, they were actually very scientifically based. this is when you do these things. And I think these events are a gift to us that we should continue giving to others. And it's great I think to see how Jesus kind of talks a little bit about how a seed needs to germinate in order for it to give Great substance. This Sunday's story deals with worshiping and planting and growing. Jesus has recently, in this text, been anointed for his burial. He has entered Jerusalem for the final time, and the crowds come around him to meet with him. And the Pharisees express their ineffectiveness at being able to counter Jesus' ministry. In fact, they would go so far as to say that Jesus was quite popular. In that verse that I started with this morning, you see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the pinnacle of Jesus' ministry on earth. He is very famous. He is very popular, and he is very loving, which has made him be very famous and very popular. He's healed people. He's raised someone from the dead. He has given food to the hungry. And I love how the Gospel writer segues from the Pharisees' complaints of Jesus and then immediately we have a story of exactly how popular he was. Everybody in Jerusalem wants to meet Jesus because the word about him has traveled very far. He's performed all those signs and miracles. He's healed people. He's given gifts of life. And the Pharisees just can't grasp that concept. It drives them insane. You can do nothing. We can do nothing. Look how the world has gone after him. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. ruh there's an issue, right? What festival are they celebrating? Festival of Passover. Passover is the history of when the Jewish people were delivered from slavery into freedom. And so really, it's a very uh, Jewish-oriented experience. And so it's a little bit odd that the Greek people have come into Jerusalem, the busiest time of the, of the year for Jerusalem. The Greeks are there, and they don't want to go to the temple. That's not where they're asking to go. Where are they asking to go? They want to meet Jesus. Now, I've talked a little bit about religious purity laws before, and I've talked about how that kind of comes into play based on the second exile and the return the second temple period. And so I'm going to try to tie a little bit of this together for you based on what Jeremiah's text was, and then I'm also going to have us, if you're taking notes, write down a few things uh, to look at later. The impetus of the return from the Babylonian exile was that we had to live as Jewish people in a perfect life. They firmly believed that the reason they were sent into the second exile is that the two kingdoms the kingdoms had separated from one kingdom to two. Some of those people were not living those Jewish laws well enough, and so they believed that God said, you're going to be punished for that. Why they believe that? Because the prophets told them that's why. And so when it came time when the Edict of Cyrus came about, and they got to come home, the people that came home first were the priests. And they said, we're going to set the boundaries up, we're going to build the fences, and then we're going to build the temple. And, and they wanted to emphasize the moral code of the Torah, don't worship idols, don't have other gods before me, different things like that, but they failed to comprehend other aspects of the Torah, so if you're taking those, I'd love for you later today to look at two different texts in the book of Deuteronomy, the first is Deuteronomy 10, and going we'll to read that to you really quickly, verses 17 and 19, this is Torah law. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of Lords, the great God, and mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, who loves the strangers, providing them food and clothing. You shall love the stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Israel. And the second text I want you to look at later today, begins from Deuteronomy chapter 27.
0: One verse, verse 19.
1: Cursed be anyone who deprives the alien, the orphan, and the widow of justice. And all people shall say, Amen. This is the law of God were
2: foreigners, because you were slaves, because you were away, you were treated improperly. You were treated poorly. And so forever, as long as you exist as a nation, always pay attention to the strangers in your midst, the foreigners.
1: Give aid to the poor. Help the widows. Help the orphans. What did Jesus
2: do? He paid attention to the
1: foreigners. He helped the orphans. He helped the widows. He
2: fed the poor. What did the Pharisees despise? He didn't wash his hands before he ate. Therefore, breaking tore a law. He healed on Sundays. He worked on Sundays. He had the audacity to say things like, I am from God. And so the Pharisees said, because of all these things, he's become super popular. We can't do anything for him now. We can't stop him. The Pharisees said, there are people here who are not like us. They don't look like us, they don't act like us, they don't talk like us, they don't believe like us. Can you believe that Jesus welcomes them? Can you believe that? Now the Greeks who came to see Jesus were believers in monotheism. And what does that mean for them to be Greek people who were monotheistic? That means that they were already outcast of their society because as we all know, the Greeks believed in, in polytheism right? Multiple gods, many gods. Later, Paul will say, and then the wonderful city of Athens, you even have an idol for the unknown God. They had so many gods, they couldn't even name them. But Jesus welcomes these Greeks to him. They were monotheistic. They may have been proselytes. We don't know that specifically. But we do know that they believed in Jesus. But they don't go directly to Jesus, they go to Philip. And then Philip goes to Andrew, and then they together say, hey, these Greek people want to meet with you. What can happen? And they go to Philip and Andrew. Why? You may miss this. But they had Greek names. Because they were from Galilee as well. They didn't have those Jewish names. They had the Greek names. And so Jesus had already welcomed the people who were part of the Hellenistic society into his fold. And Jesus says, this is why I came. If you put a grain of wheat in the ground, it dies and it remains there. But if it truly dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus looks at these non Jewish people and says, The hour has arrived. The moment is at hand. And then he says, Amen and amen. A double amen. That means, So be it, so must it be. In the fourth gospel, the fall of the seed into the ground, its dying and bearing fruit are all part of the process. Those that love their life will lose it, and those that hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Let's put that into context. Do you think the Pharisees are serving God, or do you think the Pharisees are serving themselves? Where is their seat? Jesus says this next nice thing. Jesus says he's troubled. Should he pray to God, his Father, Lord, save me from this hour? No. This is the hour and the reason that I have come. This is God's will, Father, glorify Your name. And suddenly, the Greeks and the Jews hear something together. Something—it's thunder. Something—an angel has spoken. They can't figure out what's going on. But Jesus says, that message was for you. It wasn't for me. Because this time God said, so be it, your name is glorified. And when I'm lifted up, remember last week being lifted up? It's the second lifting. When I'm lifted up, I will draw all the people to myself as the rule of the world will be driven out. And all the people will come to Jesus. The Messiah's words last forever. That's what Jesus is said. Who is the Son of Man? The Son of Man is the one who will rise again. I think Jesus' replies, earth Shadow. But it does go back to the beginning of the Gospel. The light is with you for a little while longer. While you have the light, walk in the light, so that the darkness does not overtake you. You walk in the darkness, you know where you're going, while you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may be... Children of the light. I think his message is wrapped up quite succinctly. Jesus is the light. Walk towards him and you can see. You can see the orphans. You can see the widows. You can see the poor. You can see the strangers. You can see the foreigners. You can see everyone in your midst that Christ is calling you to reach out to and to love. And what that may mean
0: is that part of us has to die in order for
2: Christ to live within us. Christ is saying, welcome
1: others the way that God intended you to love them. Love them. And if you do this, your children are welcome. Now sometimes, I think the gospel is a little repetitive. Have you ever felt that
2: way? That we kind of get the same story over and over again. You've probably heard this next nice little anecdote, that I'm going to share with you, but I think it bears much fruit, so I'm going to share it with you right now. There was a new pastor who started in a new church, preached an amazing first sermon. Everybody had him on the back. They went home and came back to church the next Sunday, and guess what? He preached the exact same sermon the second Sunday. And everybody said, okay, he's new. We'll give him a little space. Good job, Pastor. Pat him on the back. Same. The third week, he preached the exact same sermon one more time. This time, not as many pats on the back. Not as much good job, Pastor. But they said we need to form a committee to see who's going to talk to the Pastor. Fourth Sunday comes, same sermon. Pastor, we have a committee meeting. We need to talk to have preached the same sermon four Sundays in a row. He said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've paid attention. When we get this one right, I'll go on to the next one. There's a reason, I think, that Jesus says the same things over
1: and over and over again. It takes repetition in hearing. Love your neighbor. It takes repetition in hearing. Love the poor. Reach out to those less fortunate.
2: It takes repetition to know that we have to do something in this world. That it's not just Jesus who saves, but we can save each other by being the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus, we believe, reigns in heaven above. And so there's something that He empowers us to do here on earth, which is feed the hungry, clothe the naked, be with the orphan, welcome the stranger. And its instances, And it's sayings and statements like that that drove Jesus up the hill of Golgotha. That drove the nails in his hands. And I think those frustrations are, in my mind, the phonology of the darkness over the land. The darkness that fell when Jesus died is the darkness that put earth in such a position that it had to wait for rebirth the rebirth of the Messiah. There's not necessarily a science behind that, but I think as we sit here in this week of Lent, we may be reminded of traditions and experiences and frustrations and wills that we want to bring to faith, to life, but yet we sit somehow in darkness. Next week, we wave palm branches, and welcome Jesus to the streets of Jerusalem. We lift him up and say,
1: you are anointed, you are the one.
2: And then within a few days, we help drive those nails into his hands. The popularity of Jesus is only popular when it says what we want it to say
1: and causes us to do what we want to do. Anytime that we're challenged, we become skeptical. You believe in studies. lifestyle, believe in traditions.
2: I think the lifting up of Jesus is something for us to praise, but at the same time we have to contemplate what it means for us to have been there. While it's not the most popular thing nowadays, one of the most important and I think poignant pieces of the Passion of Christ, the movie that Mel Gibson made, is that Mel Gibson refused to let anybody else be cast as the person whose hands would be there to nail Jesus to the cross? Because he needed to be the person to recognize it was his sin that put Jesus on the cross. Now, that was a great sales pitch, and maybe love him for a bit until he said some very so anti Semitic things a few years later, right? But I think that's the brokenness of humanity. While we think we have good intentions, sometimes
1: we still fail. And the beauty of Christ is that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So church, we see the light,
2: we know the light, we recognize the light. Are we willing to be like moths
1: and fly to the light?
2: Can we be children of life? What it takes, according to Christ and the gospel message, is death to self. We have to be set free from the idleness of the world, the sinfulness of tradition for tradition's sake. We have to plant the fields with seeds that we know will die in order to bear much fruit. We need to die so that we can bear much fruit. We need to give of ourselves so that the Lord can be blessed. And I don't think we do those things simply as get out of hell
1: free cards. We do them because we have been saved. So let us be the children of life. And let us do this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen and amen. Today is a great Sunday in the life of the church. Today, where we will install. Uh, newly elected elders to the position of elder, and so with that in mind, I want you to turn to the, the order of uh, worship. Here, we're going to do things a little differently today as far as the creed is concerned. But I would invite the
1: three people to be installed to come forward at this
0: time.
2: There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. God works through each person in a unique way, but it is God's purpose that it is accomplished. To so each is given a gift of the Spirit to be used for the common good. Together, we are the body of Christ, and individually, we are members of it. We are called into the church by christ's baptism and marked as christ's own by the holy spirit this is our common calling to be disciples and servants of the servant lord within the community of the church some are called to a particular service as deacons as elders and as ministers of ordination is christ's gift to the church assuring that his ministry continues among us providing for ministries of caring and compassion in the world ordering the governance of the church Preaching the word and ministering the sacraments. That being said, we ask that you would remember your baptism today as we present those who have been baptized and are now called to be in leadership
1: of the church. Adam Clerk, can you ask the questions of those to be ordained? I'm asking the question, the congregation.
0: Yes. Do
2: we, the members oh, of the my, yeah. Oh, yeah, not come here. We'll leave this part together. Maybe I didn't send you this part. That's my fault. Hold on just a
0: second. <laughs> we'll edit this out at a later date. <laughs> <day>. Okay. <coughs> uh,
1: yes. Representing the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the session of First Presbyterian Church. Also installs to active service those
2: who have been previously ordained. Mark and Betty and (laughs) Kathleen. Ordination calls the whole church to the renewed commitment and reminds us to bear gladly the yoke of Christ given in the covenant of baptism. Therefore, let us reaffirm our baptism vows renouncing all that oppresses God and God's rule, and affirming the faith of the Holy Catholic Church. This is where everyone gathered today. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn away from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power over the world? If so, say, I do. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in His grace and love? If so, say, I do. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying His word and showing His love? If so, say, "I will," with God's help. I will with
1: God's help.
2: With the whole church, let us then stand and confess our faith. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God. the Father. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of
0: God? I believe. Christ Mary suffered under conscious father, He descended into the On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He seated the right hand Do you
1: believe in God the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit You may receive seated, and let us pray.
2: Eternally gracious God, we give you thanks. In the countless ways you have revealed yourself in ages past and have blessed us with the signs of your grace. We praise you that through the waters of the sea you led your people Israel out of bondage into the freedom of the land of your promise. We praise you for sending Jesus your Son, who for us was baptized in the waters of the Jordan and was anointed as the Christ by your Holy Spirit. Through our baptism of his death and resurrection you set us free from the bondage of sin and death and give us cleansing and rebirth. We praise you that in baptism you give us your Holy Spirit who teaches us and leads us into all truth, filling us with a variety of gifts, that we may proclaim the gospel to all the nations and serve you as a royal priesthood. We rejoice that you claimed us in our baptism and that by your grace we are born anew. By your Holy Spirit renew us, that we may be empowered to do your will and continue forever in the risen life of Christ, to whom? With you and the Holy Spirit, we have glory and honor now and forever. Amen. Remember your baptism and be thankful. In the
1: name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: And now it's time for your test. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior? Acknowledge Him, Lord of all, and Head of the Church and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If so, say, I do. Do Do you accept the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be, by the Holy Spirit, the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ and the church universal and God's word to you? If so, say, "I I do. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confessions of our church? as authentic and reliable expositions of what Scripture leads us to believe and do? And will you be instructed and led by those confessions as you lead the people of God? If so, say, I do and I will.
0: I do and I will.
2: Will you fulfill your office in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of Scripture and be continually guided by our confessions? If so, say, I will. I will. Will you in your own life seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? If so, say, I will. will. Do you promise to further the peace, unity, and purity of the church? If so, say, I do. do. Will you seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? If so, say, "I I will. Will you be a faithful elder, watching over the people, Providing for their worship, nurture, and service. Will you share in government and discipline, serving in government governing bodies of the church and in your ministry? Will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? If so, say,
1: "I will." I will. Do we, the members of the church, accept Betty, Kathleen, and Mark as elders? Chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ. If so, say we do, we do. Yes. Do we agree to encourage them to respect their decisions and to follow as they guide us, serving Jesus Christ who alone is head of church? If so, say we do, we
2: do. At this time, we typically invite all elders to come forward for the laying on of hands. But because we're in a global pandemic, we're just going to have our hands reach forward. So with that in mind, uh, let us install these elders to the ministry that they have been called to serve. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for your steadfast faithfulness to us. At every age, you have called us forth leaders to serve you and equip them with your gifts. Among your people, Israel, you anointed prophets and priests and rulers You called pastors and teachers, bishops, elders, and deacons to build up your church. With Moses, the 70 elders bore the burdens of your people, ministering in the power of your spirit. Alongside the apostles, deacons cared for all in need and guarded the community's peace. In church, deacons, elders, and pastors served together so that your whole people might be equipped for ministry and built up in the full unity of Christ. For your servants in every age, O God, and for the church of Jesus Christ, we give you all thanks and praise. God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit today upon Betty, Kathleen, and Mark, that they may be your faithful elders in this church. Give them prudence and sound judgment, wisdom and courage to order the life of the church in obedience to your word. Nourish them in the life of the Holy Spirit, that they may exercise the ministry of discipline, with humility, and compassion. Guide them in governance on this session and on every court of the church, that they may be servant leaders following Christ who came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life to set others free. Give them Lord joy in their walk of faith and a sure sense of your abiding presence for their work of ministry. We ask all these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Betty, Kathleen, and Mark, you are already elders of the church, but now officially installed to the Church of Jesus Christ for this particular congregation. Be faithful and true in your ministry so that your whole life will bear witness to the crucified and risen Christ. I welcome you, my sisters and brother to the ministry of leadership in this place. These are our new elders. Let us welcome them with
0: praise. This
1: is truly one of my favorite Sundays of
2: the year when we install officers from the church. But this time we're gonna have our offering, and before we do that, give a minute for mission, specifically for the One Great Hour of Sharing. We're collecting that offering right now. Um, Certainly, you all probably heard the One Great Hour of Sharing in the past. It's one of the beautiful, faithful offerings that we share along with some of our sister denominations uh, around the globe. One of the greatest gifts that I think the Presbyterians offer in the One Great Hour of Sharing is that we specifically provide assistance to the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Fund. Any of you that experienced the flooding that took place here in West Virginia a few years ago know that PDA came, they helped clean cleanup process, but they also poured money into that process as well. Last year, in the first, I think, six months of the year, $4.4 million was granted to churches at the beginning of the pandemic to help churches reach out to their communities. It's a one small gift that we can give from ourselves to support a much larger pool of money. That helps people around the globe. It helps those in Africa, it helps those in Asia, it helps people in South America, it helps literally around the globe. And it's a small gift that we can give. So if you are so led throughout this month, um, until Pentecost, I believe, is when we finish collecting that offering, um, you should have an envelope. Or if you want more about more information about that, there are envelopes, I think, in the fellowship hall. You can talk to Andy, or you can talk to myself about that as well. But with that in mind, let us now give back to the Lord a portion of the talents that he's given to us. Mm That you have given to us in this life, Lord, as we return a portion of these gifts to you now, we ask that you give us a sense of your wisdom and the peace of your courage to use these gifts in a manner in which you see fit. We ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. You may we be seated? As we come to our time of prayers with people, I have asked you to take a look at those uh, prayer requests we have on, on the other page. Certainly. Many things listed here. I'm certain that there are also concerns at rest among you, God's people. Um, let us keep in mind that while the, the numbers are coming down for COVID infections, there is still a great amount of infection taking place. People are still in the hospital each week. So, with that in mind, let us bind our hearts and minds together and lift
1: our petitions corporately
2: for our Lord and working. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you so much for this day that you have granted today. Lord, this is your day, a day where you are glorified, you are praised. We thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to come together today and to worship your holy name. A name of of all names, King of kings, Lord of lords, very God, very God. We thank you, Lord, for the call that you have extended to each of us to be your followers. We thank you, Lord, that we by name can call ourselves Christians, followers of the Christ of God. We're also very thankful, Lord, for those women and men today who said yes to service in this place. We thank you, Lord, for every elder who has ever served at First Presbyterian Church St. Albans. We thank you, Lord, for the long and storied history of the leadership of this church. We thank you, Lord, for what we mean to this locale, for this town. We thank you, Lord, for our neighbors who live amongst us and who see us as the people who worship the First Presbyterian Church. We ask, God, that you continue to strengthen Betty and Kathleen and Mark in their ministry. I thank you, Lord, so much for their yes, their yes, Lord, in response to your yes, to all of us. We pray for the rest of the Elders on session, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the courage you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for the people who have elected the session in this place. We ask, God, that you continue to bind us together in your love, to be your people. God, we also ask that you would open our eyes that we may see, see the orphan among us, the stranger among us, the poor among us, the foreigner among us. We ask, God, that you would give us your spirit to have us be able to reach out and love to be changed Lord, to be transformed by the renewing of our hearts and our minds to become a new creation that you promise us to be change us lord and be patient as we resist that change. god we are mindful of the freedoms we have in this country we're thankful for all the freedoms bestowed upon us as people of faith here we're thankful lord for that in that moment, Lord, we also pray for the leadership of our country. We pray for our president, our senators, and our congresspeople. We pray for our state, and local leaders. We pray, Lord, for the city council here, for the mayor. Wherever we are governed, Lord, we pray for the leaders who make decisions for our lives. We pray, Lord, for world leaders that they would seek peaceful solutions rather than contention with one another. We pray, Lord for so there to be a day where we beat our swords into plowshares shakers. We thank the Lord for the men and women who are in our military, but we wish, Lord, that they did not have to be there. We pray, God, for peace to reign upon the earth. We pray, Lord, for your peace to reign within each and every one of us. We pray, Lord, this day for the homeless in our midst, for those who have substance abuse issues, Those living today, Lord, that will pray for their daily bread. We ask God that you would be a source of new life for them, that you would encourage us, Lord, to reach out with our loving arms. Pray for our sisters and brothers who today do not have the freedoms that we have in this country. Pray for those who gather secretly to worship your dear name. We pray, God, for there to be a way for all of us to be able to worship and cry out. Hosanna! Next Sunday, Lord, we also know that there will be those who make a whisper. Hear us, none of us, the same Lord. God, we see the list of folk who are in our and who need healing, who are in grief or in mourning. We pray, God, that you would hear their prayer and pray, Lord, that you would meet their need. And God, as those of us who are gathered today, either. Watching at home, or here gathering in worship, we ask that you would hear our prayers as we pray for those to our left and to our right, those seated
1: in front of us and behind us. Holy God, in the stillness of this moment, we ask that you hear us as we
0: pray for ourselves.
2: God, we are amazed by your grace and the glory of your ways. We thank you so much for sending your son to earth, that you showed us how to live and taught us also to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand for our final hymn. Hymn of Christ. pastor of this church. Uh, We think we've got everything lined up, so April 18th, if you want to mark your calendars for that, uh, we'll come back to worship after morning worship, about three o'clock in the afternoon, so other local pastors uh, can be a part of that process as well, and I get to wear red again, which is an awesome thing, I love getting to wear red, Uh, a reminder that the Holy Spirit came down like fire at Pentecost and gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit for us to take into the world. I think part of the joy of our, our text today is that in each and every part moment of our life, there's something that constantly needs to die in order for a new life to happen. Those so of you that have ever had any kind of plants or anything, you know that in the fall you've got to cut some of those back so that you have a better growth the next year. It's one of the reasons I was never a successful apple farmer. I just thought apples could grow on the trees that we planted, but I never really did a good job of pruning those. And guess what? We never got an apple. Right? Because I was never willing to go out there and cut back that apple tree that we had. Apple trees. One of the challenges of rose bushes is you have to cut back those rose bushes so they grow back stronger the next time. And I think part of the challenge of Christianity is that we constantly have to be cutting back pieces of ourselves so that God can use us with new life. Don't always like that. But it's something that I think God calls us to do on a regular basis. So let that be our motion of the day, that we're willing to have something cut back within us so that Christ, Christ can grow anew. Amen? And I receive the blessing of the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Be with us all until meeting, either in this place or in the glorious kingdom come. Amen and amen. Happy Sunday.
0: It's like a river, a tide.